Hello everyone, my name's Adam. And I'm Rob. And now you might be able to hear me clearly. Adam, what did we do wrong? I put the wrong setting on. So what happened? I had, the microphone was not on two people, it was on one person. So I sound like I'm in a little box. <laughs> so now, what are you going to have to do? For the actual ratio, I'm going to have to try either make bring you down... So bring us both up, or just take out all of my bits of speech hey. and boost the bass. I guess. Oh, dude, I don't envy you. I don't know what it's going to sound like. We record this right after we do the radio show, so I don't know what I'm going to do. <sighs> anyway. If all else fails, oh no, I can't. What? I was about to say I could just record my bits again. Can you imagine? I can imagine. I can imagine, also imagine, killing myself. (laughs) Oh, God. Other than that, it was a good show, I thought. Yeah, it was a very good show. It was a sickness-related show, so all our music, which you won't hear on the podcast, obviously, uh, is sickness-related. We We, played... We talked about the sick film. What did we play? Yeah, no, go on. We played Dr. Dre. Yeah, because he's a doctor. Yeah. That's right. Uh, We played the casualty theme. And the ER theme. ER theme. Coughs and sneezes spread diseases. Yes. And some other things as well. Yeah, but like we say, you're on a podcast, so you probably don't want to be hearing this. Uh, we talked... uh, uh, but you can go and listen to the show again. Yeah, do that. Listen again after the repeat. Hmm. So the podcast now comes out on a Monday. Was coming out on a Friday before. So the order goes, new show Thursday. Then... Podcast Monday. Podcast Monday. Repeat show Thursday. And then... And then the new, new show and then... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So after this podcast comes out, you can go on northartsfm.com and listen to the show again. First with all the music. Yes. And always on... We can just... And always on the website, yeah. So what else? So we watched. So we watched Contagion, and we spoke about Contagion. Yes, we did. Good, about- very, yeah, better than I thought that film. But we'll, we go into it. Miserable though, wasn't it? Yeah, it's not a fun. It's not a happy film. Lots of dead celebrities. Mm. Jude Law being a silly accent man. Very- cool, blimey, Gav. I know he's more like good day, Cuba. <laughs> I'm gonna sell my product and take advantage of all these deaths. I don't know what happened with that accent, but it's been a long night. It has been a long night. It's going to get longer still. Should we get into it? Let's do, yeah, yeah. Let's put the show on. Sorry sorry for the audio. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, love you. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, love you. Bye. Sorry, 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 everyone. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Warning. This show has some technical difficulties. Yes, there are some sound problems on this particular episode of Stream Bucket. But do bear with us. We've tried to even it out as much as possible and hopefully you won't notice too much so do enjoy the show as much as you can while we try and work out how to stop it happening again Hmm. time to sound the alarm okay okay quiet on the set we premiere in three two one. You're listening to Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. This is a very sniffly and sicky Screen Bucket. Yeah. Are you still ill? Not in my soul, but in my body. 
Right. What about your head? Head is bad. It is muggy. Head is muggy. Mike, normally I get the cough first and it turns into a cold. Now I've had the cold from you. Yes. And it's turned into a cough. I haven't had the cough. I've got the nose. Uh, the, s- the sinus. Yes. But it's not just us. Everyone mm. is sick at the moment, it seems. Every office I've been in, you just hear... <coughs> but we avoided the other bug. There's been yes. a bad botty bug going around. A botty bug? Yeah. A lot of people at my workplace got the botty bug. Mm. And then uh, that's you know that's the only place I've heard of it. This really, year. Uh, I've heard I've heard whispers. Yeah. So yeah, forgive us if we sound hoarse and sniffly mm. and all sorts of other things. But we do have a jam-packed show, as they say. Oh yes, a snot rag of features. Indeed, <laughs> an assortment of cold and flu tablets oh. for your brain. To take Day you away. Yes. yes. What are we doing? Well, um, we're going to talk about what we've watched recently. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about something very exciting we did this weekend. Yes. Last sh- weekend. Last weekend. Should we say what it is? No, yeah. No, yeah. Okay. It's a secret. All right. Um, we're going to talk about Contagion. Yes. Your favourite film. <sighs> <laughs> Why, oh, why did you pick that piece? We'll come on to that. Okay. We'll come on to that. It was good, all right. But, yeah. And, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, some stuff which has been happening the two last two weeks. Some award stuff. Yeah. Some not-too-good yeah. stuff. Um, and just some general get-better-soon stuff, I guess. Indeed. Yes. Soundtracks to all your favourite sickness-related music and media. Hooray! Yay! Yay! Rob didn't want to do this theme. No, not really. I everyone wanted to, is sick. Yeah, I just figured if we just did a comfort themed two hours, people would prefer it to, why don't you watch this thing where everyone dies <laughs> of sickness? I feel like it's too easy to go into the comfort theme. I feel like we did that for Christmas. We did it before in November a bit as well. Yeah, November slump, we did that as well. So it's time for some hard action, some disease-riddled Creatures, mm. yes, and we're ruling out zombies, aren't we? There's not gonna be, yeah, zombies. Oh yeah, no zombies, yeah. Uh, sod them apart from maybe a couple of music pieces that we couldn't, yes. Oh, is that our ambulance arriving? Indeed, oh. never mind. It's going to the man flu next door, I think. Indeed, so yes, what have you been watching? Um, yeah, I couldn't sleep a couple of nights ago because of the sinus. Yes. Do you know Lord Sinus would be a very good villain? He would. I am Lord Sinus. Lord Sinus. Yes, your nose will never be the same again. I will congest all of your arteries uh, and passages. And you will blow your nose once a minute for the next three days. I will stand in the doorway and you will have to squeeze past. <laughs> Uh, the most irritating of... <laughs> go away, Lord Sinus. Sight, Lord Sinus. Uh, Get out of the way. Yeah. Yes. So I watched Train Spotting 2. Nice. Which I thought was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, brilliant film. It's funny that... I think I was saying this the other day. It's a film that can make you feel nostalgia for an era that you weren't really present. It's partly because we were young when all those films were coming out. And so we grew up watching them. Yeah. Aware of them. Yeah. Even traffic sort of era. It wasn't alien to us, that world. Mm. And they have like sort of these 
the soundtrack's great. They have these little bounces of uh, little tiny bits of Born Slippy. Yes. Just as little notes uh, through different nostalgic scenes. And some of it's really sad, like in a nostalgic sort of way, like uh, when he's doing the Choose Life speech in the restaurant. Oh, God. And it starts off kind of positive and then it mm. goes down into this spiral of, oh, my God, my life sucks. And you start looking at the stuff in your house and go, that's me. He's talking about me. Mm. Especially oh, with the social media business. Yeah. Yeah. No, really, really good. No one really talked about it since. It made mm. a, big, a bit of a fuss when it came out. but And, you know, it's, it's one of those films where if you say you're going to make a sequel to a classic, you think, oh, God, what yeah. are they going to do to it? Yeah. And given that it is a sequel to a classic, I think it's as good as it possibly could have been because you can easily screw something like that up i want to say it's based on two books uh porno yeah was that the what was the original book called train spotting and then the sequel was called porno yes and then they were originally going to do it exclusively based on porno and then they and i think they may have released the train spot i do you know what i'm just doing this from memory but i'm sure they did a sequel to train spotting after the film got popular rather than the book oh really Emerged with the other thing and became another story, I guess. Well, I was watching an interview with Danny Boyle and he was mentioning, he was saying that they were going to do porno exclusively, but then they oh, found right. out it was better to retell it. So I think there's elements okay. of porno in it. Well, yeah, it's all about the exploiting businessmen of uh, blackmail. Yeah, exactly. Part of the story, yeah. Yeah, good one. Yeah, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, I've been ill, so I've been watching my own comfort products. Go on. Star Trek The Next Generation. Is that the one with Sir Patrick? Yes. Okay. Yes. Shut up, Wesley. Wesley. I haven't got that yet. I'm looking forward to that bit. (laughs) Series one, uh, famously a bit naff. They didn't know what they were doing yet. It was very much trying to do the original series, but in modern-ish times. And it doesn't really work. A lot of it's a bit rubbish. But people have used that as a defence for Star Trek Bloody Discovery. Is that the filth that we watched on yes. Netflix? Awful, awful. Yeah, worse. worse people saying, well, this is only the first series. The first series of Next Generation was rubbish as well. Sorry, the first generation, first series is fine. It's got its issues, but you're getting to know the characters. You know what the setting is. Discovery, I watched half of that series. I stopped mm. at the break, never picked up again. Still don't know any of their character names. Yeah. It was bad. And they had like Jason Isaacs in it. They had, mm. uh, they had a few people, and it was just unwatchable to the point of it being painful. I just, I think we both switched off at the same point when they swore. Yeah, I can swear. See, this isn't the old Star Trek. Yeah, and we went uh, <sighs> series two coming out soon now as well. Really? Yeah. With the Enterprise. Yeah. Why? Well, a way to flog a dead Klingon. Spock. Spock's in it. With a beard, he's got a beard now. Stupid, I hate it. I was going to ask you about timeline questions and then I just decided to give up because I don't care. I don't care either. Oh, a bit of news What? that you probably missed for the news thing. What's that? Uh, they've completely cancelled Star Trek 4 of the film. Yes, I saw that. Well, the J.J. Abrams yeah, one. That's dead. Universe is dead. They're finishing it. It's done. <laughs> all, for, all for nothing. I'm so glad. <laughs> Hated it. Anyway, a bit of positivity there. He is. Um, yeah, I guess. Oh, God. I don't know. Let's put a song on. Cool. You have one message. Message one. Hello, it's you, McLeaker here. 
I've just got enough to phone with Danny Boyle, and he says to me that in fact, ten years' time, we can do train spotting free when I'm old as all hell. But the thing is, you're gonna have to write a naval book about it. So I don't know if that would be appropriate, as we can't be doing all sorts of harmful class A drugs when I'm 80 freaking years old. Thank you, Adam and Lob. I'm coming down with a bit of a cold nay. So have a good show. I'm gonna have the hear that one back. <laughs> Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh, yes, monsieur. I would love to have an in-depth film discussion with you, like they do on Scream Bucket. And that was from the soundtrack of Contagion. What a great film. Yeah, all right, it was good. It was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Rob's been really genuinely hating the idea of discussing this one. I, I was just, I was genuinely hating the idea of watching it because I thought <laughs> if we do a comfort one, we can watch a Studio Ghibli, or we can watch something like the Goonies, warm and cozy, like the Goonies. the Goonies. We could watch that, but no, you had me watch a thing where everyone dies and it's awful <laughs> and it scares you a bit, and then it's yeah. perfect flu season film. Yeah. Well, I one would argue it's the opposite of that. <laughs> no, it makes you it puts you on edge. So when you leave the house, you look at everyone and you what have you touched? Stop touching things. Don't touch me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch your face. Did you know the average person touches their face five thousand times a day? I didn't until now. <laughs> now really? I know that. Really? Yeah. Five thousand times. And they touch. What else do they touch? Like toilet seats, money, money. Everyone's touched your money. Yeah. Hmm. So you know we're fine. And remember that the whole thing about the McDonald's screen. That is overblown nonsense. There's poo on it. There's not poo on There's it. There's poo on it. It said on the internet. It said so on the internet. The internet lied. It's hmm. just bacteria found in poo. Where else is it found? McDonald's screens. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yes, contagion. Do you want me to? I'll tell you what. I read. Are we? I'll read my notes. Oh yeah, read your notes. Let's let's hear the plot, shall we? You've written in that book upside down. Yeah, I, yeah because I'm going to turn it that way for f- film production notes, and this way for yeah. See, sorry, it's free. I'm so sorry for judging you. I'll go on. Yes. Right. Here my notes. Paltrow, Fishburn, Law, Damon. Everyone starts getting well ill. Paltrow gets proper sick. It came from Hong Kong. London's infected too. They gave Gwyneth Paltrow an autopsy in front of my very eyes. Kate Winslet. Naysayer lady cares more about the shopping. (laughs) Brian Cranston is very concerned. Interrogated by the UN and the British want them to hurry up. Why is no one listening to the science man? Why is no one listening to the science man? Jude Law is Steve Irwin. The daughter of the mayor from Jaws comes to moan about the budget. And that was my least favourite character, which I'll get into by the way. Yes. And, okay, it got good when Matt Damon's neighbours get shot. And then I ended it with Idiot Boyfriend. Okay. And that's the film. Nice. Nice. So you can tell from that, one hell of a cast. Yeah, amazing cast. You can't deny the cast. It's the Black Hawk Down of flu films. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Written and directed by uh, Steven Soderbergh. 
What's, yep. what's else he's done? I can't remember. What do you want from me? Oh. <laughs> he's the director of Magic Mike. And the Oceans Trilogy. And Logan Lucky. And Unsane. Mm. He's quite a prolific guy, actually. Um, done a lot of dramas and things. I think even Contagion... Yeah, it came out of the idea of doing a film about the getting rid of smallpox. The eradication of smallpox. Right. Uh, and obviously someone just got a cold or something and decided to change it into a, a flu thing. I think they were researching it when the bird flu came in, because they mentioned it, H1N1. Yeah. They talk about it quite a lot. Um, which is 2009 flu epidemic. Which was a terrifying time. Yes, it was. And that it's very heavily reminiscent of that, I think. It is. So, yeah. So what what's the actual plot? How does the film start? Um, a bat flies into a pig. And right, yeah. they get married. And their offspring is a germ. And the germ infects loads of people. Um, people start dying on the spot and fitting. And... No one knows what to do. And we follow several different people's journeys throughout it, don't we? We've got like Kate yeah. Winslet as a science lady. Lawrence Fishburne is a science man. Yeah, it's very heavily on the science behind trying to find the cure. Trying to mm. track down the infected people. Right. Lock them down. Then we have Matt Damon's role. He's like the civilian who's kind of caught up in it all. But he's yes. immune. So I, I, I imagine his role in it is specifically to put a point of view from... From the, the real world, not yeah, just the offices yeah. and the people are worrying about it. You've got that sort of. It's true, and I would have liked more of that because the film. There's not a huge amount to talk about because it really is step by step trying to uncover virus and things. So Kate Winslet runs about a bit around the world. Yep, and, and then at some point she starts sniffling. Really yes. quite grim, indeed. And then you've got Jude Law, who's an interesting character. You've got who's a reporter who's kind of anti-government trying to say, I've got this cure. They're not pushing this. Why aren't you taking this cure? They're slow, they're being slow as hell trying to sort yeah. this problem out. They're looking after themselves. Why don't you listen to me? And Yes. So, yeah. It, does it, it sort of opens with... Uh, what's his name? Mad Mad Damon. Mad Damon. In this case, it's Mitch Emhoff. And he... So first, his wife collapses, has a fit, hmm. gets carted away uh, to hospital. Then he goes back and finds his stepson has also got it. Yes. So very quickly, his life's gone wrong. Indeed. And um, then he finds out that she was being an unfaithful wife. Is that a spoiler? No. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was very early on. All right, fair enough. Uh, he... Then basically gets arrested um, and taken in because of the deaths around him. Gets interrogated by Kate Winslet. Yeah, she's trying to work out. He's oblivious to yeah, the scale of what's going on. And I think she's just trying to pick up clues as to where this came from. And yeah, what so they find out that she's been in Chicago. So they go off to Chicago, find an epidemic starting to happen there. Yeah, it's a railroad of disasters. They just can't contain this uh, growing virus, this flu-like virus that's just wiping you out. So I was looking to see what um, other people thought of it. And some people regard it as one of the most terrifying horror films they've ever seen. And I, f I wonder if that's down to the fact that purely maybe people are watching this thinking this is exactly what would happen. This is the scale of panic. Yeah. This is how, I suppose, if 
so many people were dying that you lost law enforcement, you lost doctors, uh, foods, mass food shortages, everything. Uh, yeah, people are probably thinking, oh my God, this is exactly what, was, what would happen. This is how people would act. This is the terror that would yeah. take well, over the world. It's, it's interesting because they, they refer to H1N1. They sort of say how they overdid it. They made a bigger deal out of it than it actually was. And so when they start revealing it to the public, they're saying the same thing. We'd rather everyone know about it and panic than everyone die and we didn't do anything. Exactly, yeah. It does feel slightly unrealistic how much happens so quickly. Because they start locking the borders down. Yeah, they really go into town. They run out of body bags at one point, they mention. Yeah, the one... They dig mass graves, like... 20 foot from the city. You tell, you tell, and to the countryside. Did you ever play Pandemic? No. It's a browser game and later an app where you were making a virus to wipe out all. Oh, I remember, I remember you playing it, I think. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. But one of the things you learn in it is that you shouldn't make a virus that kills people straight away because then there's no one left to infect everyone. So you need to keep it going. You need to have a long... You need to maintain the virus. So you infect more people, then you start. That's one thing in this. People just drop being... This is like the flu equivalent of a machine gun. You just mow people down. Yeah, I just mentioned the character that I just rolled my eyes so fast that they span out of my skull. Yeah. Do you remember the film Jaws? Yeah. Steven Spielberg? I think I remember it. Do you remember it? It's about a shark. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, there's a mayor in it, and there's a killer shark in the ocean, yeah. and the mayor is all, We mustn't close the beaches! It's the summer season! We're going to lose all our trade, the shops! And you're thinking, okay, this, you can't, you've got to close the beaches, mate. Yeah. That's about a shark in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. In this film, there is... A virus that could end up being as harmful to the planet as the frickin' plague. <laughs> yeah. And there's a woman saying, What are you talking about? It's the height of the shopping season. We can't do that. It's, uh, yeah. And you think, oh, come on. There's a few things like that. And then no, she comes out again later, and she, <laughs> like, they're just picking out, like, a massive gym hall yeah. where they're going to put the sick and the dying and the dead, inevitably. Yeah, yeah. And then she just rolls out of a car and says, I suppose we're paying for this, are we? It's like, <laughs> I think that's quite that. If anything, is the most realistic part of it. Oh, I, I don't know. That's is what it people pay to do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I hate I it. So see that. Oh, I hope not, man. I have a lot of. Oh, should I have that much faith? Maybe you're right. Maybe not. Uh, there will always be someone like that. Uh, mm. One character I really genuinely loved. On the flip side to that, Lawrence Fishburne. Yes, I love Lawrence Fishburne. Basically, anything he's in and. When he popped up, I was quite excited. I even messaged you. No, it's Fishburne. Yeah, straight away. There we go. Yeah. He plays the sort of down-to-earth scientist who's just trying to save people. Yeah, and then he gets thrown under the bus, doesn't he? He does. There's a lot... Yeah, there's so much to this. Because on the surface, you've got a bunch of scientists trying to track down a virus to stop it killing people. Or at least to pick it up so they can start investigating it. Then you've got all the political stuff. Then you've got all the military stuff. You've got the closing the borders. Then you've got bloody Mitch man trying to get out with his daughter before they shut down the state. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's as if... You've got, you've got a scientist who gets kidnapped by a Chinese bloke. Yeah, what? Oh, my God, that's just completely... 
Because he wants... Her. I mean, I didn't even understand. So he wanted her to look after the villagers like he got, and stop them from getting... He got his whole village into... All the survivors, all the uninfected into one building. Right. And kidnapped a scientist so that she can get get them the vaccine when it eventually comes around. What? Yeah, I didn't understand it's that. It's really weird. And it's pointless. I thought it was a bit pointless. And then it was... By the end, it was pointless. Because... Uh, the, v- the vaccines come and then... They trade the vaccines for the scientists, but they give them a placebo. Mm. And she storms... Yeah. It, a lot going on there. So Also, like, say you've got Jude Law, who's trying to undermine the government. You could tell... You could have three different films, couldn't you? You could actually have a series. Yeah, it would work very well as a series. It would work better as a series. Yes, it would. The bit where I kind of really got into it for just a heartbeat mm. was when Matt Damon... Matt Damon... Here's the gunshots from across the road. Yes. Looks out the window and he sees that some people have raided his neighbour's house. Yeah, yeah. They're walking out. And it got me thinking, imagine an entire film of like a guy and his daughter on the streets. Kind of be like War of the Worlds, I guess. Logan. Yeah. Maggie. Uh, there's also a bit when they're try- he's trying to find a... He goes to his family lot to bury his wife and son. And oh. they refuse to take the bodies. Another sobering thought. Little things, little horrible that, details that, you wouldn't think of. That's interesting. Yeah, that really was like, huh, no, they wouldn't. Because yeah. he infected. So they start talking about cremation. And then he goes to the shop with his daughter and everything's gone. Everyone's kicking off. Yeah. Right, proper riots and raids and stuff. And then that, like, diseased woman is in the shop, isn't she? Yeah. And she, like, goes up to him. Help me! Says to... Could you find me another pack of bees? <laughs> Get the hell away from me! Don't touch anything! Yeah. And they run out. That's where I leave the... Oh, there's just so much to it. It's insane. But I, I just did... Yeah. And I don't like it, man. The, well, there's one thing that really... This and this sort of delves on that. The pacing is weird. It is. Because... The end is very stupidly. So long. But it's the whole... For the first half, it's them trying to track down the virus to find a vaccine to cure the people. It's really tense and like, ah, come on, we need to go to Hong Kong now. Oh, we need to go back to Chicago. Ah, where do we go? And then they find the vaccine. And then nothing happens. Which is kind of interesting in a way because it then becomes the question, who gets the vaccine? It's going to take a year to manufacture enough. So who gets it first? Which is interesting. But then it just goes on. Endless. Endless. The last 45 minutes, I was like, is it over yet? It's like the end of Return of the King, but bad. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Return of the King had multiple endings. One ending, over about an hour. Yeah. I didn't like the boyfriend plot either. I didn't, so there was this, it was heavily hinted that at one point or another, the boyfriend is going to try and touch the girlfriend. Yes. The, the daughter. Mitch, Mitch's daughter. The yeah. Damon daughter. Yes. And, and you're just Demon Dottier, <laughs> a fragrance yeah, yeah, by Damien. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you just know, and it, those things irk me in a film when they set something up like that. When you think, oh, okay, there's going to be a time when the boyfriend's going to touch the girlfriend or come into close contact, she's going to get a disease, she's going to die. Luckily, that doesn't come to pass, otherwise, I would have just turned it off. But yeah, you know what? It was a good film. It was much better than I thought it was. It's um, going to be. It's solid, solid misery porn. Indeed, is what yeah. it is. Every just, it's just drilling into you that everyone's going to die. 
Life is horrible. Oh dear, oh yeah. dear. Buy a load of tinned food and be ready to, you know, yeah, fortify your yeah. place of living. Bring your blindfold. Yeah. That's a reference you won't get. Nope. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, if they just took a handkerchief. It would all be fine. Yeah. Troughs and sneezes spread diseases. Adam's Film Reviews. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 2018. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. But there's another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. Mm, I love this burger. It's so delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're going to be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. Directed by Bob Persichetti, possibly, Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rotham, with a screenplay by Phil Lord and Rodney Rotham, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is... Well, it's basically the perfect comic book movie. It's no surprise to me that it was developed by the minds behind the still phenomenal Lego movie. But anyway, developed by Sony Animation in association with Marvel, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse introduces us to Miles Morales, a teenager struggling to live up to the expectations of his parents and the world around him. There are two people he truly respects, his uncle Aaron and Spider-Man. Worlds collide when Miles and Uncle Aaron visit a hidden part of the city for sharing some, you know, light graffiti, where Miles is bitten by, you guessed it, a radioactive spider. The next day, Miles is in some serious trouble. Terrified at the sudden appearance of spider-like abilities, he returns to the scene and finds the spider's body. And a hidden secret laboratory while he's there. Here he witnesses a battle between Spider-Man and an obscenely ferocious Green Goblin, fighting over a big old wibbly-wobbly laser thing. This wibbly-wobbly thing turns out to be a gateway to the multiverse, and when it's damaged during the battle, well, things go a bit wibbly. One by one, different versions of Spider-Man emerge into Miles' universe, including an awesome noir detective, a Peter Parker down on his luck, a sassy femme, an anime robot girl thing, robot thing, and a pig. Together, they must work together with Miles, who's still learning his powers, to return home and save the multiverse. It sounds like a lot to take in. It kinda is. But seriously, there's nothing bad to say about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, 
Each character is fully fleshed out and the animation and voice performances are beyond incredible. The humour too is without fault, you sort of expect Spider-Man to be funny, but if anything this is closer to Deadpool in terms of meta gags and references, all packed into a film that ushers you straight into the world of comic books. Yeah, this is a film everyone should see, it absolutely isn't just a cartoon for kids, this is solid art and I recommend it to everyone and anyone. Time to swing, just like I taught you. When did you teach me that? I didn't. It's a little joke for team building. Hey, guys. Okay, who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. Come on. How many more spider people are there? Same as the Comic-Con. What's Comic-Con? Let's go! Oh, oh, hello, hello. Buenas noches, eh? Cool. So, it's award season. Yes, it it's is. It's the time of the year where people smarter and richer than us decide what the best films of the year are. Yeah. Now, what's your stance on awards? Um, is it, I think it's very fashionable to say, no, I don't care. It is very fashionable, but as long as there's some integrity to the awards that are being given, mm. it's a good thing. There's, a, there's, you know, there's occasionally awards where it'll be voted for by the people. The problem mm. with awards being voted for by the people is the most popular will win. The most popular film is quite often not the best by a long shot. Yes. Now, yes, generally I like awards because it makes a conversation happen. Yes. It makes you actually look back at the last year what come and see what's what's good. Uh, and get people out to the cinema a little bit more as well. I um, yeah, I've got nothing against it, I quite like it No, and especially with like ones <coughs> you know, the Oscars and the BAFTAs will quite often dig out things that you might have completely missed. Well I certainly would have completely missed. Yes. Well often uh, it does it does really bother me though. Often films would be nominated and uh, won't have actually come out yet. So what what awards have we had? So we've had the Golden Globes. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody smashed it. Yes. Uh, so I think it got Best Picture? Best Motion Picture Drama, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, actually got Best Picture, that's cool. Yeah, but they, they separate it. So there's Best Motion Picture for a Drama and there's Best Motion Picture for a Comedy Slash Musical. So, yeah. Right. Bohemian Rhapsody wins and let it beat... Black Panther, Black Klansman, uh, something else. Um, so Bohemian Rhapsody was it actually a musical? Or did it just have songs? In no, it? it was a. It wasn't a musical. Okay. It was a drama. Okay. Remy Malek picked up Best Actor in a Drama. Oh, that's cool. He was very good in it. Um, it, I, I don't know. I feel a bit weird about it. Like I loved Bohemian Rhapsody, but I would have thought it would have maybe have had to have ticked a few more boxes in order to receive that level of like award. Yeah. So how are the, I don't even know how the Golden Globes are nominated. Is it like a panel or is it like the people? Do you know what? I'm going to have a look. Yeah. Phil. But having got Phil-ing. Come on. Phil. Phil. Talk. Oh, you oh, before you're calling me Phil. <laughs> but, yeah, Phil does all the Phil does all the nominations. Phil. Oh, all right. <laughs> Welcome to the Vic. I'm your host, <laughs> Phil Mitchell. Uh, Sharon has cheated on me again. Yeah, in which case, I'm gonna Google it. Can you, can you I, 
Okay. Oh, yeah, I would have thought that Black Panther would probably do quite well. Yeah, but it's definitely not the best film. If, no. it, if it got the best picture Oscar, then it would be a farce because it's not as good as... It's certainly not as good as Avengers um, Infinity War. Well, it's certainly not as good as Black Klansman. No. Which seemed to have been ignored. There's a lot of this weird hype about it being a superhero film about someone who's black and yet ignored Black Klansman to be directed and starring anyway anyway uh, Golden Globe Awards are chosen by 93 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association okay otherwise known as Hathapa 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 yes alright so well you know what Bohemian Rhapsody was very enjoyable if a bit, little bit made up didn't yeah that was that was your complaint wasn't it yeah. it was uh just as easily have made a film about Queen and it'd be all real. Um, any weird runaway ones? No, I saw uh, Olivia Coleman one, didn't she? Oh, the favourite looks good. Um, I haven't seen it. I noticed Is it that, out yet? I don't know. Uh, if it's not out yet, it's coming out very soon. Uh, I noticed that the Americans won Best TV Drama. Now, this is something that's been on my radar, but I haven't actually watched. And I think last year, there were a lot of people kicking off that it wasn't nominated. So it's good to see it there now. I've, I've, should I have heard of it? Uh, it's Amazon Prime, I think. It's Russian spies infiltrate America in the 50s. Okay. It's like a couple, I think. But it looked, it looked good. It was a while since I saw the trailer. But yeah, it's all, yeah, it's, a, it's an outsider view of Americana and all that sort of stuff. With us, us Brits, we did well in the uh, TV category. Did we? Yeah, so we've got Richard Madden. Winning for Best Actor in The Bodyguard. Nice. And Sandra O oh for Killing Eve. Killing Eve. Uh, it was another TV drama. I didn't watch it. No, okay. You're good. I'm just trying to sound like educated. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's what we're doing, isn't it? Uh, I see Christian Bale got Best Actor for the for Vice. It's probably because he got fat. Yeah. And apparently he is very good. I did read that he's very good in it. I haven't seen Vice. Who's he playing? Uh... A vice president man, the the man <laughs> who was like, yeah, one of them. Who's playing Bush? Who's the other actor playing Bush? George Bush is playing George Bush. Oh my god! No, it's uh, Sam Rockwell. Rock. Is it Sam Rockwell? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't know then. All right then. So uh, Baftas has just been uh, announced, hasn't it? Yeah, it certainly have. Have it certainly have. It definitely have. Uh, Yorgos Kanfinos. Sorry? That's the man who directed The Favourite. I wrote that down with a scribble. Lanfinos? Lanfinos? Oh, no. Yeah, nominated, get this, 12 categories oh for The Favourite. Olivia Coleman included. But the most incredible stat of the BAFTAs, Yeah. Bradley Cooper. Yeah? Do you know who Bradley Cooper is? I do know who Bradley Cooper is. He was once in a film called Wedding Crashes with Will, yes, Will Ferrell. <laughs> Um, anyway, him, first man to be nominated as an actor, composer, director, producer, and writer, all for one film. Selfish, isn't he? Star is born, yeah. Selfish. And apparently he's strongly rumoured to play at Glastonbury now. What? Just because he's done this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Was, he was in Mamma Mia, wasn't he, or something? No. I don't think so. I've never seen it. It's about ABBA. It? But, but it's not about ABBA, it's about a woman who has intercourse with three different men. And gets pregnant, and she has to work out which one got her pregnant. I think. Mamma mia! And then they sing about it. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're not judging. No. 
Uh, anyway, yes, so BAFTAs. Uh, best film, uh, Black Clansman's been nominated. Good, finally, some recognition. Totally, totally want that to win. I haven't seen the others. Full disclosure, but Black Clansman, like, phenomenal. Really, really, really good. I do want to see Roma, though. It's on Netflix, I haven't really got an excuse. Roma, yeah, that yeah. did look good. What was that thing called? Velvet Chainsaw or something? Velvet Jigsaw. Velvet... <laughs> It's just a film coming out, I think. What about the art with the Jake Gyllenhaal? Hello, I really like paintings. Jake? Jake? Man, I just want to look at this painting (laughs) a little bit longer. I think it's really good. See if I can summon a Tony Collette impression. (laughs) Get rid of her! Get rid of her! If anyone needs to know, Hereditary. Um, Yeah, where's Hereditary on this list? I'll tell you where it is. Hereditary is off air because I can't, you know. Oh, anyway, uh, best British film, outstanding British film. There's a few on here. Being Rhapsody. Did you hear that everyone is kicking up a fuss that Emily Blunt wasn't nominated for her role as Mary Poppins? People, uh, people were annoyed. Are they? Yeah. But we can't judge. We can't be. We can't put ourselves on some superior pedestal and judge the musicals, mate. I like musicals. Mary Poppins couldn't give a... Okay. Um, no. We never really hear has also been nominated for great for outstanding British film. Great. Another fantastic one that no one talks about. Lady Gaga nominated for leading actress. Yes, Lady Gaga. She was absolutely fantastic in American Horror Story in multiple seasons. Or two. Did you say yes, though, I was born? No. Alright, no more. Moving on. <laughs> uh, supporting actress Amy Adams... She's never won, has she? She's been nominated like so many times. Has she not won? I don't think so. I swear she's won one. She's won something. I. <sighs> Did she win something for? She's nominated for her, but she was she nominated for a rival? I don't know. She should have been. Brilliant. God, see the favourite, Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone, both nominated for supporting actress. It must be a good film. I'm sure it is. Mm. I might watch it. Yeah. See, I like the BAFTAs because it acknowledges other stuff as well. Outstanding debut by British writer, director, or producer. Ooh. Ray and Liz. That'll be us in a few years, mate. <laughs> yeah. Documentary. All oh, They Shall Not Grow Old. They Shall Not Grow yeah. Old. Nominated for Best Documentary. I still haven't watched it. No, me neither. Was it, is it on Prime? It was on iPlayer. Because it's getting a theatrical release now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Animated film. Animated film, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Now I've heard that's got to win. It has to win. I'm sorry, but Isle of Dogs is also nominated. That was alright. Incredibles, Incredibles 2 was two. average. I've... Did you watch it? I fell asleep in the cinema. It wasn't very good. I genuinely felt... I, I it, went with my sister, I'm told her that. It felt like a step down. Like, it, you want a bit more spectacle, but it seemed like the story was a bit less wild than the first. Yeah, well, it's the, you expect it now, I suppose. Mm. It's like, how do they make it bigger? Uh, Incredibles in space. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. But Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Whole boy. Yeah. Whole boy. What was good about it? Uh, I mean, take your pick. It's really, really well written. Characters are so well told, well developed. The animation style. I like the look of the animation style. Wow. Really stunning. Really stunning. The only thing is Kingpin. Everyone looks human. But some shots even look like it could be a person. So like it, and then Kingpin just looks like what's his face from Min- from 
minions things. A min what despicable me? Despicable me. What the little uh, the the hunchback man? Yeah. Wait, more than that. I'll draw you a picture. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Adam is drawing something that you will not be able to see, rendering this completely obsolete radio. <laughs> I want you to describe. Okay, so what is that? Slender man. It's a man, right? With, Human proportions. With Y fronts on his head. Yes. This is Kingpin in Spider-Man Into the Spider. Doopy doopy doopy. Adam's drawing a picture. Oh, it's a square man with yeah. a head in the middle. And he's enormous. Is he? Yeah, like normal people probably that size. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Hmm. I mean, there is a stylized thing to the whole film, but that that was really it's weird. Mad. He looks like Thomas the Tank Engine with legs. <laughs> oh god, it's very terrifying. Uh, yeah, but yeah, oh, honestly, brilliant. And the soundtrack's great as well, as you would have just heard. Oh, I'll do, won't it? Yeah. There he is, Remy Malik, Bohemian Rhapsody. Costume design. Have you seen Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Uh, no, it's on Netflix, isn't it? I was put off. This is very amateur of me, but I was put off by people telling me it was rubbish. I do apologise. See, people tell me something's good, I'm put off. People tell me something's rubbish, I'm put off. Uh, Ready Player One's been nominated for special visual effects. Oh, why? It's just a CGI fest it's of like. Really terrible. Yeah. You can't. Well, you... Apart from the... Have you seen it? Yeah. Apart from the bit in the shining. Yeah, the shining part was brilliant. I'm always happy to see a Jurassic Park T-Rex, but apart from that, there's just too no, too really, much going really on. Hated it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. No. So Austin will be next week on the 22nd, and I'm sure we'll address it then. Yes. So this was the two-week roundup, was it? Yeah. No. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? There's Ooh. been other stuff in the news, though, hasn't there? Yeah, we're gonna go straight into that. I think. We'll stop for a song. Yeah. But what have we got coming up? Um, the human race is often good, but then sometimes it's soft and bad. And this is very, very prevalent in the world of social media. Yes. As we have seen by the treatment of a number of celebrities. So have a listen to this song and come back for our new feature, What a Load of Cunts. <laughs> 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 you have one message. Message one. Hello, Screen Bucket. Sir Patrick Stewart here. <laughs> and don't tell Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. I've stolen his cabin bear. <laughs> oh, they will never believe this on the Enterprise. This is what happens when you spend your time with bloody hobbits and not in space like me. <laughs> anyway, keep it under your hat, your wizard's hat. <laughs> Engage! A nasty bunch of wrong uns there, filthy online trolls. They'll tell you that you're ugly, but take it on the nose. You'll see their insults coming, alerts will come at once, but you really need not worry, cause they're all a bunch of c- Okay, so we've noticed a couple of things, and this is an ongoing thing, this isn't you, of artists, celebrities, people of note who do something. Yes. Bring something out, bring something creative to the floor, 
and the way they are treated on social media is quite nasty. Yes, it's a growing thing that in the last couple of weeks we've noticed it enough to talk about it. Yeah. Like, people have turned vicious, really weird, in in really, really weird ways. In Yeah, very cowardly ways. It seems... I don't even think it's trolling. It's not even mm. for the lols, as they say. So... We'll start with uh, Will Poulter. Yeah, so Bandersnatch. Yeah. Critically acclaimed, very positive reviews generally. Last time we talked about it, and you said yourself. He, yeah, he was my... So Will Poulter, best thing yet. He plays uh, Colin Ritman, the uh, eccentric game creator. Yeah, yeah he was exact, absolutely my favourite thing in it. Well, he, he completely nailed the fact that in that era, in that world, he's like a rock star. Yeah. But he's still got that voice. It does. Still picture him today, like as a middle-aged man, as an utter dweeb. Exactly. But in that universe. Yeah, he's perfect. Mm. His character was bullseyed. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with it at all. And yet, he but, was forced off of Twitter or social media in general. Yeah, quit Twitter. I mean, I've I was looking up articles about it, but there's a lot of people saying people were calling him ugly a lot. Yeah. Please. What? It just defies logic. It's gone all. Schoolyard. It's weird. I don't understand. He did express some concern over it. He was a bit worried about the show. Mm. He said that online. So I wonder if people were just like... It's a shame because he's a, he's, you know, he supports anti-bullying campaigns and stuff. And Yeah, the, don't, don't understand that at all. The, well, I was listening to uh, Blind Boy's podcast and he was recently talking about how people treat people on social media. Yeah. And the best point that he made about it was would you go up to someone in the street and say to them you're ugly yeah. if you didn't know yeah. would you go up to that actor Will Potter and say you're so ugly man and I didn't I hated you in Bandersnatch you wouldn't because that's not a human thing to do people desensitise themselves when it becomes online yeah it becomes I it, it's attention seeking in the way that you will get a tick you expect to get a tick from other people who see it who highly rate your abusive comment and they not not even like a physical upvote or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, you want people to think you're funny. It just I don't know why it feels bigger now. It feels more annoying now because the really annoying one is Captain Marvel. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Explain that one. So this, I do wonder if this is trolling, like as in to deliberately annoy people. There's this ongoing thing that Brie Larson who's playing Captain Marvel, should be smiling in posters and trailers. There's lots of comments like, would it kill her to smile? What? She's a superhero. Are we falling for it now? Is it that? Are we falling? That's yeah. the good question, yeah. We... So we do need to contact the Danish troll yeah. people. And the thing I always think is, if you like, everyone's got dreams, right? Everyone wants to... Everyone's got something ridiculous they'd love to be that maybe they yeah. can't. Yeah. Whether it's a football, you know, Premier League football player. Yeah. yeah. Or a movie star or a musician. Yeah. And I always think, if you achieved your dream, would you want to be treated like that? Should people be treated like that just because they have achieved it? Yeah. No. Yeah. They shouldn't. Like that's not a reason. Well, as as, as low grade filmmakers, I mean, you could even extend that to: should we even be criticizing films? Because it's what we want to do. 
That's true. Should we yeah. respect the level of work and craft that's gone into even the most terrible films? No. Wish Upon yeah. had some <laughs> some degree of passion was put into Wish Upon. Yeah. Probably the sound designer. The thing is, that it's not personal, is it, though? I guess, that's true. We're, you know, we'll, well we're, say a film is rubbish, but we're not going to say, like... We're, we're analysing art. We're not dissembling people. I guess that's the... That's yeah. The yeah, so is there anyone else that's been... I mean, there's Rachel Riley. Oh. Off of, off of the countdown. You, you, you decided you are going to throw us into that fire. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a whole... Like, I read all of the things, you know, yeah. Holocaust denial and things like that, and I thought, I'm not going anywhere near that. I'm not going anywhere near that it's one. It's very political. Yeah. But it's extremely so, political. Even so, does she have... Should she have said anything? And even if she said anything, should she then be torn apart on social media? She's just a TV presenter. People hate it when um, celebrities talk about their political views. Oh, well, yes, that's a good point. J.K. Rowling comes to mind. Uh-huh. What did she say? She was uh, she was saying something, and people were saying, oh, just, what are you doing? Shut up. How yeah. dare you have a point in politics? Keep your mouth shut and write your wizard books. That was generally what people were saying. Yes. I mean, where do you stand on that? Surely someone should have the right to change the world for the better or try and influence good change if they believe it but it's not like it's a new thing and yet people seem to think it is after the trump thing all the all of the celebrities banging on about it just get ripped apart uh dan Harmon, i listened to the Harmon town podcast he's gone through all sorts of strange people shouting him about his political but like, shut up especially on a podcast where that's hearing the opinion of someone that's the point of a podcast Regardless of left wing or right wing or wherever, people don't like to hear the other side of the story. And when it's yeah. coming from a celebrity, and it's and it's both sides of it. I actually think left wing's worse in a way. They are at the moment because they I mean, shut, a, they shoot down and they go no 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 wrong. Well, they personally offend. I mean, that's and that's what gets the heckles. Right, yeah, which is what causes the actual argument. I mean, that, from both of us, that is a sweeping generalisation, but the point we're trying to make, isn't it? It's like both sides are capable of just disregarding the debate. What I don't like is the elitism and the turning cruel, yeah. Yeah. It's when you turn it into personal, and, that's, and that stretches across opinions over films, over DC Marvel. The hell is that about? Yeah, Their films calm yeah. the hell down. Yeah, people need to realise... In fact... Joe Rogan, I think he was talking about. It might have, no, it was Blind Boy again. There was a porn star who said something homophobic. And then a fellow porn star, a male porn star, tweeted to her saying, either take back everything you said uh, or take some cyanide. Okay. She killed herself. Oh, God. So yeah, people need to have the common sense to A, see that, you know, people are gonna people do say nasty things. You can't. Don't fight fire with fire on it. Just recognise that there are people who are deeply wrong and do think, you know, do and say very nasty things. But they're wrong. But they're wrong. What am I trying to say? Well, there's, that's the bit. Uh, someone can be wrong, but does that mean you have the right to fix them? 
Yeah, or tell them to kill themselves. Or, to, you know, you can disagree with something, but to come at it with such hate. I mean, that's all the problems in the first place. I, I feel like we're not qualified to have this debate, really. Yeah. I feel like, one, I want to die, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, it just, and it just really drives me mad. And it's actually put me off Twitter a little bit recently. Yeah. I use it too much. I guess the because all I see is at the moment people responding to people saying why isn't she smiling I guess the one piece of advice I would give would be if someone has been awful block them you've got the power to block them it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make you lose the fight if you block them you yeah. just get rid of them you don't need them they're not worth your time yeah and there's, I don't know what else you can do. As soon as you get into an argument with them, they're going to be using all sorts well, of dirty tricks. Have a debate, not an argument. Mm. Don't take it personal. Don't. Yeah. Don't extend to nasty insults. Yeah. Oh, it, I just hate it. It's such yeah. a modern thing, I think. But it's just that literally the last two weeks. I've just seen it more. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, let's... Uh, let's get rid of this awful subject. Yes. Be nice. Shut up and be nice. Yeah. Let's just play Staying Alive. Yeah. By the Bee Gees. And we hope you do too. Hollow Dell Media's Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. Rob, what are you doing tomorrow? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a mega bus. Oh, God. So, um, it is a good chum of mine's 30th birthday, but he has the unfortunate uh, sort of event of living in Exeter, Ugh. which is very south. It's so it's south to the point where it should just be another country. It's the last piece of humanity before Plymouth. Mm, and that's where it stops. That's where it ends. It's, it's like the wall in Game of Thrones. Yeah. But the south wall. Um, yeah, so I went onto the train line and had a look at train tickets. So... To go somewhere else in the same country for off peak would have cost me a hundred and thirty pounds, and that's I think it was two hundred quid for a peak. Yeah, it'd be cheaper now to get a. Uh, they've extended the young person's rail card, haven't they? To what? Thirty. Seriously? Yeah. Really? So, so you could get that and get a cost third like off. twenty thirty quid. It won't cost twenty thirty quid. Are no, no, no. The, the the rail card's twenty thirty. Oh quid. yeah, yeah. And, and you'd still save. You'd get uh, probably about 50 quid off, would you? Yeah. Or 30 quid? Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, I... F- I should have booked ahead. I should have booked ahead, but it's stupid. When I went to... It shouldn't cost you that amount of money to get trained somewhere. to Manchester, and it cost me like 30 quid. That's ridiculous. Because I booked ahead. How... 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 ahead? A month. Seriously? Yeah. Well, I got a mega bus because I left it to the last minute. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's seventeen. <laughs> Good pounds. luck, mate. Yeah, not looking forward to it. Five and a half hours. Yeah. Or five hours and fifty-five minutes in a coach See, from I... London to Exeter, and that's after the hour of train and tube I have to get. <laughs> Which will be a joy because let me tell you, when we used to go down to Plymouth, uh, we used to go down to Newquay. We used to, we got the bus a couple of times, and the journey from Paddington. The journey from Heathrow to Newquay was absolute hell. It was a night bus. It might be different. But we were basically sat on a bus load of ex-convicts and lumberjacks. Really? Yes. 
Oh, well, I don't know if that was true, but oh, all okay. the men took over a seat and a half, oh, and we were a group of God. teenagers who were just like, oh, excuse me, sir, can I sit next to you? Uh, I'm dreading it so much. It was awful. Do you know what so we did much. as well? Because it was a night one, we took some sleeping pills. Right. Didn't work. No? So we were just like slightly drowsy and a bit sicky. I so not looking forward to it, and it's it's a two way thing. So I've got to get it back on Sunday, and by the time I arrive back at home, I'll have to go to sleep and go to work on Monday. So why <laughs> did people even live in Exeter? Well, you could have come and met you halfway, couldn't he? Oh, we could have gone to Bath. Well, we're going to a cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods, indeed. Um, so we're all going to die anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I won't need to even worry about the return journey. That's true. But yeah. Anyway, um, you're going to take your sword. I should take the sword. I don't think they'll allow it on the bus. <laughs> That's a good point. No. They said, actually, oh, make sure you bring a small bag on the bus because we won't let you have a big one. And I thought, well, don't buses have big giant holds? Yeah, but that's where they keep all the... Dead customers. Dead passengers. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of a punchline. That's where they keep the working class. <laughs> that's, where they, that's where they keep the whale. That's where, what? <laughs> it's uh. just a tank and an orca. <laughs> yeah, it's to navigate. Yeah. I always get so close to the ocean and then they drive me back up to London. That's why buses are that big. That's why they always measure whales in buses to see how many they can fit in. So people moaning about uh, blackfish. Yeah. You haven't seen... Greyhound. Busfish. There's a whale in every bus and it's got no space at all. By the way, just to say I thought blackfish was a really horrible documentary and I agree with it and I don't want to put it down. Free like, Shamu! Or kill funny, him! It's funny, because you used to love SeaWorld, didn't you? I did. You used to bang on about yeah. the killer whales. I do. And now you know the truth. Yes. They're yeah, horrible. I think we should put them all down and never breed a whale in captivity again. That's my view on it. <sighs> yes. Anyway, this isn't our territory. Let's leave it alone. No. Should we go back to the pod? The, uh, I don't, want to, I don't want to, because now people can hear me and they can't in the other one. Oh, do you want to keep talking? Do you want to express yourself? <laughs> Hear my voice. I don't know. I'm done. Okay, cool. Please, sir. What is it, boy? Please, can you sponsor us? What? You could sponsor a show on North Hearts FM that's made for the community, by the community. And let us keep making great content. We're a fledgling station, but one with over 10,000 listeners a month. And it keeps growing. And what's in it for me? Five adverts a day, sir. Plus, the world will get to see your branding at live events, online, and be proudly displayed alongside the show you choose to sponsor on all online content. Plus, on-air mentions and branding. It won't even be taken out of the shows on Listen Again, so your brand will be out there forever. Then how much is that going to cost me? Only £360 a year, sir. Or £30 a month if you just want to run adverts instead of a full sponsor. It isn't more? No, sir. Just head to northartsfm.com for more information or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook. This is brilliant. Show for sale. Show for sale. Adam's Film Reviews, Stan and Ollie, 2019. Camera set. Okay, back projection. Cue music. 
and action! Hollywood legends Mr. Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy arrived in Britain today as they embarked on a national tour. We're doing this while we're waiting for this new picture to come together. I'm gonna make sure that this tour gets off on the right foot. There it is, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> it's amazing that you two are still going strong, still using the same old material. There they are. Such a wonderful reception, isn't it, Ida? It's okay. <laughs> Two double acts for the price of one. <laughs> Pretty empty last night. I guess people just don't want to see Laurel and Hardy anymore. Has he been pushing you a little too hard, babe? You know, Stan. You could have said goodbye, Oliver, a long time ago. We had a good thing going, but you had this big chip on your shoulder because I did a picture with someone else. I couldn't sleep for days when they told me what you did. You're just a lazy ass. Got lucky because you met me. Lucky to spend my life with a man who hides behind his typewriter? You betrayed me. Betrayed our friendship. You're hollow. You cannot go on stage again in your condition. I love you. But I won't stand by and watch this nutty tour put you in a wooden box. I should never have had us take this tour. I love him, Ida. You're not leaving, are you, Stan? The show must go on. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, Stan and Ollie is a biographical comedy drama film. Directed by John S. Baird, written by Jeff Pope, following comedy double act Laurel and Hardy as they set off for their final tour. But, I'll be honest, it's so much more than that. Stan and Ollie feels more like a love letter to a pair of exceptionally talented men and the world they left behind. But maybe that's just me. I've long been a fan of Laurel and Hardy and seeing Steve Coogan and John C. Riley take on the roles was a real joy, but... That's by the by. Stan and Ollie charts the duo's final tour as they cross the pond to Great Britain in 1953, having split apart 17 years prior. Despite some early difficulty getting audiences in Britain, the pair work hard to turn their fortunes around for one final push. Meanwhile, uncovering the underlying tension between them after their split in 1937, while they pursue a film director for one more comedy film. Age has taken a toll and health concerns plague the pair on top of everything else, something reinforced with the arrival of Lucille and Ida, Stan and Ollie's long-suffering wives, as well as the growing feeling that they may have passed their prime and must now make way for the younger generation of comics. Alright, it sounds depressing, and miserable when you put it down on paper, but the love for Laurel and Hardy shines through all of this. Whether we're seeing them perform a piece of extraordinarily well-replicated sketches and skits, or the pair are just enjoying performing for people they come across, I found myself laughing out loud in the cinema more than once. What Stan and Ollie accomplishes is the balance between comedy and depth without going too sentimental. The film exposes the genuine feelings shared between the pair after so long working together. And I'll happily raise my hand to say I shed a little tear towards the end. This is legitimately a film for everyone. I can't stress how much of a joy this was to watch. 
if I were to find a complaint, I'd say Steve Coogan's physical impression of Stan Laurel, while impressive, was a bit too much of a caricature from time to time. But even so, if you're anything like me, you'll come out feeling one step closer to Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy and just immediately dive back into the films however you can. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Stan Laurel and Mr. Oliver Hardy. I'll miss us when we're gone. So will you. So how are you feeling anyway, Rob, since I infected you? Better now. No thanks to you! Yeah, good uh, timing that was, wasn't it? Yeah, very good timing. So I, uh, I came down with the plague. Yes, you shortly did. Shortly before last weekend. And then we spent two days in a warehouse, didn't we? Yes, a very cold warehouse. A very cold warehouse, So yes. we were sat next to each other for pretty much two whole days. Yep. And you gave me this filthy, filthy cold. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's good to share. It is good to share. It is good to share. But what were we doing in that warehouse? We were sharing in the audition process. Oh my god. Yes. Auditions. Mm. It's fun, isn't it? It is. So for those unaware, me and Adam are currently in pre-production for a certain film, which we won't go into too much. But we have, uh, yeah, we put out a casting call. Yeah, so uh, listeners to the show, loyal stream bucketeers, will know that Rob disappeared for two weeks, two shows, uh, to go on his honeymoon. I certainly did. And while he was away, I put a advert up on mandy.com, casting website, uh, for four roles, two boys, two girls, uh, essentially two couples, uh, expecting... 20 people to apply. How many did you get? 257. Yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to come off of my honeymoon and we had to go through the process of going through a big list of like very uh, experienced actors and actresses. A massive range of talent. Yeah. Really, really impressive. The first thing we did was we had to skim through all the people who lived millions of miles away. We had people from Germany applying. Like, we're paying, but not much. Yeah, come on. Hello, EasyJet, do you reckon? How much would that be? I mean, it probably might have covered a flight, but even so... Would it be more affordable than covering a train fare in the current climate? (gasps) More Hmm. time as well. Unless there's there's drones. (sighs) Yeah, so we, uh, we skimmed through and got down to... How many did we get down to? Like 30? But yeah, we got it down to a sizable chunk and then sent the script out, the full script out, uh, to see if people were still interested because it's a bit interesting. There's a few things that happen in it. Yeah, if there's, um, you look at the showreels of people, I mean, not many of them have been in a comedy horror with the amount of gore that we are going to offer up. <laughs> no, but that's the interesting thing as well. Part of the... Uh, description of the project i mentioned like there's going to be an awful lot of slime gore and blood being thrown on you so please bear this in mind when you audition thinking that would pick people off oh no no literally i don't know four out of five people were saying i want to be covered in gore and slime and gunge yeah 
disembowel me so I can put it in my showreel. Yeah, basically. I think part of the reason is the reason we got so many people was because we are trying to make something that's silly yes. and fun. And a lot of people were saying how bored they are of the standard indie film. Well, there was a sort of a trope of sorts in a lot of uh, showreels that we watched where people have kind of been forced into roles where they are pregnant or they're talking to someone who is pregnant yes. and they have to deal with it and it's a family drama. Oh, God. And, yeah. you know, it's fine, but surely as an actor you might think, well, I kind of want to expand my range a bit. I want to do something mm. different. Yeah. So uh, we got it down to 20 people in the end came to audition or weren't able to actually make it on the day, so sent in tapes. Uh, and yeah, quite intense, quite interesting, I thought. It was mad. So um, a special thanks to Hobo Jack, uh, the clothing company yes, who I work for. They offered up the warehouse to us to use this weekend. And so we were sat at the end of the warehouse uh, on a table, sat on chairs, and the actors would come and read a monologue and a dialogue that Adam had prepared for them. Hmm. And it was interesting, wasn't it? So they would run the monologue or run the dialogue. We'd run the dialogue with them. And then we'd have to be like, oh, Simon Cowley to a certain extent, but nicer. <laughs> that was really good. But could we have it a bit more uh, manicky? Could we have I it a little bit more? I feel like we, should, we could have been much worse. Oh, I definitely. Think we were probably a bit too supportive in a way. There's a couple, at least one person who walked away and I thought we should have gotten to do more. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and now we've, we've edited all the videos together so we can judge. We can judge accordingly. Of the sofa. Uh, yeah, it's still tough though. Really hard. Very. We, we're still undecided. It's. It, you can, I can completely appreciate now how casting directors are uh, high demand crew. Mm. They get casting directors get paid an awful lot of money to judge people, and now I can sort of see why. Because we're talk, One of the things we're talking about is someone was quite friendly and someone was a bit shy, and we're thinking. Is the friendly person going to be better on set? <laughs> yeah. It really boils down to stuff like that. Yeah, questions where they might be a better actor, but is the other person going to help us get this done? Mm. Things like that. And matching them up as well. Like, like I say, it's, it's basically two couples. So we're not only judging them on their ability, we're saying, could they be up with them? Yeah, so like in an ideal world, if we had money to throw around, we would be getting them all in at once to yeah. sort of act opposite each other, but we we don't have the ability to do that. And we're not paying enough to make... A lot of people came up from London. We mm. don't have the money to sort of get them to come up a second time, I don't think. No. We could maybe do some more tapes, but at this point, I think we just need to make a decision. Yes. Uh... I'll tell you one thing. They had some sets of pipes on them for the screams. Oh, yeah. So we surprised everyone. So we had a monologue and a dialogue that I prepared. Uh... And then, after they finished, went, Now, as this is a horror comedy, we want a ruddy great scream, please. And there was a mixture of reactions, wasn't there? Yes. Some people were like, yes, yes. And then another person would be, um, I'm more nervous about this than yeah. the entirety of the monologue <laughs> and the dialogue. Why have you done this? Yeah. Uh, and we got some belters. Yeah, Josh, our, um, our third member... Yeah. Was quite terrified by some of them, <laughs> like visibly jumping. Yeah, oh, yeah. In fact, here's a compilation. Really? Okay. Ah! 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 
Yeah, it was good fun. So the next stage is uh, obviously choosing people. But then we've got to do costumes, we've got to do makeup tests. It's a big old challenge. Yeah, it's massive. I feel like we should do some sort of behind the scenes thing. Absolutely. Maybe not on here, but on the YouTube channel maybe. I mean, I think at the moment in terms of what we've got short term, I'm not very much looking forward to picking out all the costumes. My... my uh, sort of technique going forward is I'm going to go to Primark because clothes oh, are cheaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely not going to go to River Islands and pick out three uh, of the same T-shirt. I mean, charity shop. The only trouble is we need duplicates. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd say charity shop. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it has to be Primark. Is there any option? Yeah. Is there anything particular in the rest of the production you're not looking forward to? So I'm directing it, and that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but that's as simple as that, really. To pay you a compliment, I think it's one of the things you'll just jump into and do thanks mate we're just gonna have to watch some films mm. actually that is a big thing I think we need to have a at least one night of just watching all the influences yes so like I say we're not going to talk about too much about the project itself yet but influences include Gremlins Critters Evil Dead Ash vs the Evil Dead Evil Dead 2 Deadly Spawn Alien Alien there is an Alien influence yeah Critters 2. Critters 3. Critters 4. Aliens. Evil Dead Army of Darkness. League of Gentlemen. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah, a little bit of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh, Coronation Street. Coronation Street. Emmerdale. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Game of Thrones. Uh, James Bond. There's all sorts of stuff going into this project. Uh, and then there'll be all sorts of stuff coming out of this project as well. Yes. Dripping, in fact. Indeed. Locations. We need to find locations as well. <laughs> oh, I've got to do that with Josh, haven't I? Mm -hmm. I think me and Josh are going to do that this weekend a little bit as well. Anyway, Good. it's just getting yeah. to a normal conversation. Yeah, so fun, all fun. Yes. Um, should we do a segment about making a film from scratch? Yes, because that's what we're doing. Hmm. We're making a film from scratch. And it's the biggest film we've ever done. By a mile. The first professional film. Yes. Absolutely. So by that I mean paying money and expecting to get money back. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. going in, it's going into film festivals. It's we're going to advertise it, we're going to promote it, we're going to take it on the road. So quite I, I wrote it two years ago, so it's been a process since then. Like literally buying new camera, buying new lens as I can afford it, new lights. I've just got some new lights. Yep. Lights and well lights done. and lights. I just bought a new laptop for us. Yes, to help us edit. Oh, so good. And now we've got to buy, we've got to pour all of our money into it for the next six months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is fine. It, yeah. It's ours. We're producers now. It's good. Uh, incidentally, I think I might open a Patreon at some point. We yeah. need to make some money. Yes. <laughs> If there's any loyal stream bucketeers who would like to pay money, yeah. If you're rich, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Mm. We'll do some signed posters. Yeah, we can do t-shirts. We can do t-shirts. Move on t-shirts. That's a very solid idea. Okay, I'll look into it. This segment's not going anywhere, is it? No. No. Let's play the ER theme now and get out of this segment. Yeah. You have one message. Message one. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. 
George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. George Clooney. Doctor, we need some help here. I'm not a doctor, goddammit. I'm George Clooney. So, Adam. Yes, well. So, we've just been ill for a while. Yep. You get home, you've forced yourself for another day of work because you're counting the amount of sickies you've taken recently and realised you're pretty low on the ground for them. Yeah. What film do you crawl into bed with? See, right, I mentioned earlier Star Trek. Now, I started watching that because when I'm ill, the worst thing, especially this sod, is getting to sleep. With Lord Sinus. Mm. Hmm. Lord Sinus! Uh, it's the hardest thing to get into sleep. Definitely. So I feel like I need something I've seen before, that I know, that I won't be surprised at, and that I don't actually have to watch. Exactly. Yes. That's why I started watching Star Trek Next Generation, because I know exactly what's happening. It's a warm blanket of... Is it warm? It's a slightly cardboard wooden blanket of something. I think you've hit the nail on the head with the familiarity and not having to pay attention. Yeah. It's essential. For the longest time, Red Dwarf was it. Yes. Rather than films, I think TV, I think series, I'm not a big fan of series generally because I like a story to be done. Right. In and out, hour and a half, two hours, done. Next story. Um, whereas series can drag on. But in this situation, I think yeah, I like series. Red mm. Dwarf for the longest time, especially the first couple of seasons. Because it's very like, it's somber yeah. and slow and gentle. And there's something wonderfully familiar about seeing Lister and Rimmer and the cat and Crichton sat in whatever room they're in yeah. just having... not even Crichton just just Rimmer and there's... Lister yeah there's something warm about it isn't yeah, there yeah especially the Marooned episode when it's just a two-hander they just sat in the wreckage of Starbug just right. talking mm. yeah that's nice yeah how about you what's your uh, go-to something me and Fern always used to watch uh, continuously at uni mm. we were quite run down a lot because of our lifestyle <laughs> um, Studio Ghibli films oh yeah yeah wonderfully wonderfully comforting and you if i mean there was a point where we had uh spirited away in uh fern's ps3 and it stayed there really and like for months and then so if we got tired yeah we would stick on spirit away and then we'd get 20 minutes in and the best thing is you can wake up at any point and there's something nice going on you know they're running around the city in there and the soundtrack yeah. and the the vibe of it. And no, this, I can see that. Yeah, so it's not just Spirited Away, like Princess Mononoke, Tales from Earthsea, uh, there's loads of them. Actually, uh, a few years back, I actually got pneumonia. I remember that, yeah. Horrible. I was basically bedridden for a month. Uh, and I watched Hello, Hello. Oh, really? Uh, it's all on YouTube, or was on YouTube at the time. I watched it back to back for about really? a month. Oh my god, I was losing my mind. The trouble with Hello Hello is it's basically the same story again and again and again. So I didn't know what, how long I was watching it for. I didn't know where it was. So I the lost all track of time. Basically, the Nazis come and they have to get away. The Madonna with the big boobies. Yes, that's basically it. They just want that painting, <laughs> and that's it. And it's silly and strange. Yeah. Oh dear. I do like documentaries as well. Yes. I think... I Anything think, David Attenborough is always good. Didn't you get into... I can't remember if it was you or someone else. 
It might be, it might be Nick actually. Uh, World War Two documentary. I did just recently watch one about Hitler's mates, but it yeah. wasn't comfort. Dave. Yeah, <laughs> Larry <laughs> and Goering. That wasn't a duvet documentary no. by no, any like, means. World at War. Right. Okay. Yeah, like I can see that. Comforting. When they're describing submarines and there's black and white footage. It's, yeah. it's, oh, you tell you what's very good comfort watching. What's that? Samurai Jack. Oh. Is that, more, is that a bit too intense? No, well, there's these. Uh, we always talk about um, the episode with the Scottish Highland warrior yeah. and they're learning to jump really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's little standalone episodes, and I think it's something to do with the shading and the colour. I think yeah. colour in film is very, you know, that can be a big help if you're wanting to watch something comfortable. It's true. Something, think- something that lulls you. I find Samurai Jack, as much as it is, it's very cutty, everything's quite sharp. Yeah. But. The general shade of it is something that can, yeah, I can see that. You know, can lure you into a sense of comfort. Uh, I mean, for you, it's Goonies, isn't it? Goonies, and in a weird way, Stand by Me as well. Oh yeah, there's something comforting about that film. Yeah, I can see that. Despite all of the darkness in it, I think there's something nice about these four friends discovering sort of sin in a sense, mm. but still retaining their innocence. Do you think kids, do they children? We'll find that for Stranger Things. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, the, the 80s itself is a very cosy, yeah. sort of nostalgic thing to look back on. Yeah. There's some, well, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was my go-to for having a day off from school or college or whatever. Mm. Well, there you go. And I wonder if that as well, especially now, you're looking back at a time where a lot of the complications we face in the modern day just doesn't exist. That's true. Social media, having a mobile phone... These people don't have that, and they're fine. Yeah. Could, ooh, could Ferris Bueller's Day Off happen if he had a mobile phone? Well, they'd be calling him all the time, wouldn't they? They would be. Why aren't you answering your phone, Ferris? Oh, I suppose he used to turn it off and say he's ill, I guess. Hmm. But even so... What else, Pokemon? Because I was a big Pokemon fan as a kid, and they've got the first so series. So was I, but... You know. Come on now. Well, it's good, all right. What was I a fan of as a kid? Transformers? I don't think, I could, I don't think that's a good sickness thing, really. About Lord of the Rings. Yes. But I, I've ruined Lord of the Rings for myself because for the past few years, every time I've come back from town absolutely smashed, I've woke up in Lord of the Rings. I've put Lord of the Rings on. I've isn't seen the first half hour of it. Steve's fault? Wasn't it Steve yeah. who used to come home? It was both of us. Oh, okay. we just One of us would be like, I want to watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and then it starts and it's in the Shire. And we're like, Ooh. Yeah. Doing Gandalf so. impressions at each other, and that's ruined. <laughs> but generally, that's just me, my personal ruination of it. Lord of the Rings is very much a comfort thing, especially the Fellowship. It gets because there's something very warm about the Fellowship. The Two Towers and Return of the King lack the warmth as, lo- as much. Return as, of the King, really? It's not as warm. The Return of the King is very cold. I suppose you, you, you're out of your you, shy, aren't you? Instantly, Frodo and Sam are in some ruin, yeah. and Frodo's just woken up, and he's he's looking awful. <laughs> and Sam and Smeagol are saying, come on, we've got to get on the road. And Lord of the Rings, you see this cosy, one, the, the coziest place that's ever been on film, the Shire, where there's a pub where you can have fine ales and you've got this wonderful... It's true, it is true, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that is oh, giving right. you your comfort through what's on the screen. And I just want to watch people in space, doing spacey things. Alien. No. No. <laughs> but I think you would be very comfortable on a bunk bed in a big red mining ship i absolutely would as a kid i persuaded my dad to build the red dwarf bunk beds 
Oh, amazing. I had a bumper anyway, because me and my brother, but we turned it into the Red Dwarf grey gunmetal. Oh, incredible. Yeah. And I didn't have a ladder, so I'd actually have to clamber up. Like, let's do it. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so to summarise, tell the audience who have a cold what food they need to bring to their bedroom and what they need to stick on the telly. Oh, what food? Mm. You want something salty because you're dehydrated. Right. You need liquid and salt. And you don't want... I was about to say cheese, cheese crackers, but crackers can be very cruel on the throat. You don't want... If you swallow a cracker yes. wrong, you're in big trouble. Well... What I would do is have a jar of humbugs or other boiled sweet. Oddly enough, I always like to fry up. Uh, I don't know why. I've, I've often had a fry up with a cold. I... No, I'm not. Mm. I might have an egg. Boiled egg. Oh, so odd. <laughs> My go-to a boiled egg and dip it in some beef paste. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you do. Don't make me put the beef paste ginger on. Oh, gosh. Marmite on toast is my... Marmite toast. Yes. Tea... Raw garlic. Oh, just go out and leave. <laughs> just crack. Imagine you crunching on an entire clove. Honestly. Skin and all. Honestly, my brother taught me this. Right. Take, your, take your pod. Right. Crush it on a knife or something. Pop it in. <sighs> Down in one. Why is your entire <laughs> your entire diet is from a British ration <laughs> drawer? We're eating tuna mush today made from eyeballs and trout. And liver. Look, sir, we won the war with that, actually. Yeah, we did. Uh, okay, that's food then. Yeah. And uh, so what do you stick on? Four litres of Lucasade. Yes, yes, yes. Original. Original, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I would put on... Well, again... Oh, start with yeah. Lose mine if you want something good. TNG okay. if you want something mediocre. And finally, you've decided you are going to pull that sickie. What do you tell work? I'm dying. Perfect. I'm, I'm quite honest normally. Yeah. But if you didn't, if you were dishonest, if you were a dishonest person, lie down when you make the phone call. Lie on your back and have your head oh, hanging already... over the bed. Oh, okay. Because then, naturally, you say... Very good. Yeah. I don't know where I got that from. It must have been a TV show. Do you know what I did to pull a sickie once? What's that? Um, and this was going into school, so you can't actually do this at work. Mm. I uh, took a tomato up to the bathroom. I mushed it up with loads of water. And I went, Mum, Mum. And I took her to the sink. And then she just saw all this mushy tomato and water and stuff in the sink. And she went, oh, you better take the day off tomorrow. Really? Yeah. I'd once took, tried porridge got, in the toilet. I've got two or three days for that. Porridge yeah. in the toilet. Porridge in the toilet didn't work. Ah. My mum saw right for it. Her too. Right for it. Uh, I did once take a day off uh, a retail job where I had to be standing up. Like in playing, you had to sprain my ankle. Great. I hadn't. I was watching telly. Oh, very good. <laughs> but the next week, I, I was like, oh, I can't just be normal again. Hmm. So I had these weights, ankle weights, that I put around my one leg. That's genius. So I would naturally have a slight hobble. That is genius. Thank you very much. Well done. I got a couple of smirks up on guys. So I think he saw. I think he knew uh, what was going on. Anyway, good times. Good times. Well, there's one film. Oh, go on. Actually, not just one film. John Carpenter is uh, my comfort food a little bit. Uh, always going on, always rattling on about John Carpenter. You know, I saw him live. Yes, I did. You've mentioned it several hundred times. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. One yes, of my yes, yes. Did you know Kurt Russell had a massive 
Fever and Flu during filming that. Did he? There's lots of scenes where he's sweating quite a lot. Yes. See the sweat. That's real. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, with that in mind, let's put the Pork Chop Express on by John Carpenter. Oh, go on then. Hello, Lord Sinus here. Come to haunt your nasal passages, yes. Stream bucket won't be the same when I'm around. <laughs> but I can hear that Adam is tucked hidden in a little box. Good, that's what I like. It definitely wasn't because Adam accidentally put the wrong setting on the microphone. No! Now, I'm going to block every passage. I'm going to stand in the way of the door and, and... Oh, no! Oh, oh, no! It's my nemesis! Oh! I'm Lord Beecham. I've come to save the day. Screen Bucket, you're safe with me around, don't you worry. Now, come here, Sinus. I'm Snake Blitzkin. Oh, my God. Ken? What? Ken Bison? Yeah, I was just dropping by. I knew you'd sell yourself. Disco face. No one will understand what we're talking about. No, and with good, good <laughs> reason. Yes, indeed. It's not even on YouTube anymore. It, Why? It, it fell off. <laughs> it fell off. It just can't open it. I don't know what. Uh, I'll redo it eventually. I'll do a director's cut. Oh, yeah. I can see it. Good luck. <laughs> we're talking about a film he did, about a hero named Kent Bison and his nemesis. Disco face. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was part of a 48 hour film contest. Which we didn't win. We didn't win. We didn't even get a mention. No. I <laughs> can't think why. It was a masterpiece. Half a pencil. Mm. Favourite of teenagers and people who on jazz bags. On jazz bags. Fags. Jazz bags. Oh, jazz fag. Yes. Ah. They love it. They eat that stuff up. Do they? Yeah. As well as smoke it. Yeah, they. Oh, God. Right, that's our show. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Um, over the next few months, we're going to be reporting back to you about our filmmaking process a lot more. Yes, indeed. You will hear us to fluctuate through stress. Stress. Giddiness. Stress. And... Hate. Hate. Hatred, maybe. Hatred. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So, how do you feel our sickness show, theme show went? Um... You know what? I think it went all right. Yeah, we we took, went off topic and went a bit heavy on some subjects. I hope. Yeah, sorry, that won't always happen, but it had to be said. You got to be nice to people. Yeah, stop being idiot. Yeah, not you specifically. No, but you, no, you, you, you. I can see you. Yeah, sitting there with your trousers. Oh yeah, you think you're big, huh? Oh, with those little eyes, judging. Yeah, Adam, yeah. Adam you're doing it. You're doing it. You're being nasty. What? Have you tried smiling? Uh, Would it kill Adam, you to smile? Adam, stop it. Uh, I can't stand it. You need yeah. to, No, don't. Look at no, them. It does, we, can resolve this in a, we can resolve this in another way, okay? Through Just, Twitter? Yes. <laughs> okay. Hurl <laughs> abuse at him on Twitter, or her. I'm just a sweet screen bucket. Okay, that was the podcast. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's Rob's fault. I mean, let's face it. Are we going to have jobs still at North Hearts FM? I'm going to have a quiet word 
I reckon. Okay. Now, that show wasn't very good, was it? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, annoying because I feel like we did a good show. Yeah. We talked about stuff. Well, half of it was good. Oh, my half. <laughs> Your half. The half, the half where people the can hear. sounds good. Hello, I'm in a little box. And the, the other thing, Robert, is that the, the film we're talking about is ill. Who's the comedian? Rob Brydon does that. Uh, have you heard his... In the box. Man American in the box. Man in the Box, yeah. yeah. That's me now. Yes, you're the British Man in the Box. Hello, I'm in the little box. Oh, God. Anyway. Yep. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, what's the, what's Twitter? At screen underscore bucket. Yeah. And at North Arts FM. Yeah. And uh, yeah, keep uh, your eyes and ears peeled for our upcoming movie. We're in the pre-production process. We are going to start shooting in the coming months. You're not going to see the final project for a while, but if you want to fling money at us for no particular reason, please feel free. Yes, please do. And may I say, Robert... You've taken the producer role admirably. Oh, thanks, man. Listen to you there on the on the thing. I'm going to rapidly become the director who lost interest in the project <laughs> many months before. So you're going to have to bail me out and promote the thing. That's fine. That's fine. Well, you're the one who got the ball rolling in the first place, mate. So it's only natural that I shove the ball along until it crashes Ooh. into a precipice and Ooh. shatters. All right, I'm going to have a cold shower now. Take care, everyone. Sorry again. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, love you, bye. Sorry, sorry. Pathetic.